Welcome to the Forgiven Nutritionist podcast. Today, I'm talking with Christina O'Connor. She's a registered dietitian at Pendulum Therapeutics. She's been on before, so you may recognize her. She received her Bachelor of Science at James Madison University and completed her dietetic internship through the Virginia Department of Health as a nutritionist for the WIC program. Christina had spent the majority of her career working in pediatrics. She fell in love with the microbiome science during her role as a NICU dietitian at the Children's Hospital of King's Daughters, where she was instrumental in helping to bring to life one of the area's first donor human milk banks. Here's a clip from today's show. Yeah, so we know from our clinical study that, you know, 90 days, we know that in 90 days, uh, most people taking the glucose control product are going to see a shift in their A1C and their their blood glucose spikes. Um, So we recommend a minimum of three months. You know, don't, I would I wouldn't mess with it if you're not willing to give it a fair three months. Um, and so we just sort of go along those those guidelines for all of our uh, products, um, a minimum of three months. It, it, it You definitely will start to see results in that time period. Um, but certainly if you were to stay on them longer, uh, you know, you can continue to drop your A1C and continue to improve your gut health and your metabolic health. Yeah, that's usually what I try to impress upon my clients too. One, um, because I think you have to just give your body time. Mm-hmm. And especially if you are making changes, your body does need time to heal. It literally cannot change overnight. <laughs> especially it's, it's taken a while for you to get to wherever point you're at now. So give your body some grace and, and it needs a little bit of time. Hey everyone, just a quick break to show some gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. Pendulum Probiotics is a powerhouse in gut wellness. Acromancia, Metabolic Daily, and Glucose Control all contain Acromancia, which is a key player in gut health. It fosters the growth of Acromancia, aiding in digestion, nutrient absorption, immune resilience, and a positive impact in your overall well-being. If you're ready to experience Pendulum Probiotics, Unlock an exclusive 20% discount on your first month's membership by entering my unique code when you click on the link tree link in the show notes. Thank you again so much for being on today, Christina. My pleasure. I always enjoy speaking with you. Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a registered dietitian by training. Um, I spent most of my time in clinical practice in pediatrics, um, specifically in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit. And that's really where I fell in love with the microbiome, microbiome science, um, learning all about uh, breast milk and uh, premature infants and the struggles that they have uh, as premature babies related to their guts. And you know, you've, uh, we've talked quite a few times before and until right now, I don't know why now it finally dawned on me. Um, you know, when I was breastfeeding and things and pregnant with my kids, they talked about the first breast milk and how important that is. And it sets their health up, um, how that really does come full circle. It really does. And you know, your microbiome, not to get off on a tangent, but your microbiome is really set up from birth. Um, you know, our, our, one of our co-founders um, and our scientists, Dr. Colleen Cutcliffe, um, she was talking recently in a podcast about the about the womb and how we always thought that it was sterile. Um, it's not. There's there's a few things in there, but really and truly, uh, your microbiome is set up depending on how you were born, whether you were born vaginally or C-section. Of course, vaginally is preferred. Um, 
and she actually gets a little bit gross. And so I'll get a little bit gross, but your first sort of inoculation, uh, I hope that's a word <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, uh, bacteria is by ingesting stool from the mother. So, uh, and then breast milk after that, um, and then your environment. So by age three, you're sort of set up moving into adulthood with the microbiome that you're going to have. Um, that's the way we sort of understand it right now. That's not to say that it can't be manipulated or, um, you know, changed through fermented foods or probiotic supplementation. Um, but for the most part, your microbiome is set up by age three and that's what you're going to end up with. Well, and I don't know, I don't know how much, uh, people ever think about blood sugars. And, and that was another main reason why I wanted to have you on because we talked about blood sugar lately and, and diabetes on an Instagram live. And I'm sure that not everybody got a chance to see that, but, um, you know, when, um, my husband had been diagnosed with diabetes, I was a little bit already on my health journey. And so I was starting to get real familiar with what the how the body works and what it needs. And, and I had never in my life prior to that thought about, um, probiotics or, you know, my gut health <laughs> by any means. And so it was very eye-opening when he was diagnosed and we kind of changed our diet and changed our gut health as well, how that really impacted um, the overall health of myself as well as him. So I guess one of the the best questions I can ask you is how does gut health impact blood sugar levels? Because maybe, like I said, a lot of people I don't think ever think that it's going to make a difference. Yeah, actually, and that's not something that I was always aware of uh, either, that you could affect your metabolism or your insulin resistance um, through uh, manipulating your gut. The, the gut microbiome actually is tied to so many different aspects of our health. Um, I was pretty surprised to learn how closely tied uh, gut health is to metabolism. I'd never really put those two together. So gut health impacts um, your hormone health, uh, your disease state, your level of inflammation, um, your metabolism, um, did I already say hormone health, your immune system. Um, but when it comes to metabolism or metabolism specifically, especially in disorders like type 2 diabetes, there is a degree of inflammation that exists with those patients. And a lot of times, you know, we don't necessarily know where this sort of smoldering inflammation comes from. Um, but more recently, we've tied it to uh, what's known as leaky gut or intestinal permeability. And that's where the, the lining of the gut. So let's just back up and do like a quick anatomy lesson uh, for all your listeners. So you have your, your gut lining, which is semi-permeable. So water and nutrients and, and things like that, good things are supposed to be able to pass through freely. So they're constantly moving back and forth. Um, so with it being semi-permeable, it presents a unique challenge. Some things are supposed to be allowed through other, other things, other need to be kept out. And those other things are opportunistic and pathogenic organisms. Um, so when the gut barrier is, you know, permeable in a bad way, um, then those opportunistic and pathogenic organisms will sneak into systemic circulation and just cause like what I was explaining, sort of that smoldering inflammation. And so that's definitely an underlying cause when you're thinking about metabolic disorders. Um, and there are certain organisms uh, in the gut microbiome that are really responsible for 
um, helping to regulate our blood sugar levels um, and make us sensitive to uh, insulin um, and those sorts of things, which we can go into more detail uh, down the line. You know, and that was one of the things that uh, when looking back, I can recognize some of the things, but I remember when my husband was first diagnosed and, you know, we were recommended to go to uh, some certain meetings um, with some professionals who were, I'll say, in the diabetes industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, because we were supposed to be getting help and there was a lot of things that there were, were some helpful things that they were suggesting, but at the same time, you know, it, when we were talking about food, um, they never once suggested anything about um, eating any fiber foods, uh, you know, salads, or they never talked about anything like that. They were just focused on the number of carbs that we were eating. They didn't even, you know, pinpoint on, yes, you want to make sure they're vegetable carbs, not just all bread all day, you know, things like that. And they definitely did not touch on the overall health of the body as far as do you have inflammation? You know, do you know what your inflammation number is with the doctor? Because that can be measured as well if you have inflammation on, in the body. Yeah. They never touched on leaky gut or how your gut health plays a huge role. And so, like I said before, when I started learning about how the body works and then when I started going to those meetings with him, I was very disheartened, you know, and, and I we did not follow their advice. We took matters into our own hands and, you know, we reversed his diabetes, but it took you know, some work on our part. And gut health was definitely one of the things that we had to work on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, funny story, you know, in my clinical days, I was as a dietitian in the hospital, I was supposed to lead the the cardiac, uh, you know, dietary classes for patients who had just had a heart attack, you know, needed to modify their diet. And I was instructed to tell them that they needed to be eating margarine instead of butter. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not telling people to eat margarine. Like it's just not happening. So yeah, you know, it it just depends. Um, But I think, you know, when you get into sort of the more holistic and functional and integrative uh, healthcare, um, it really is healthcare. And it's kind of getting to the root problem, the root of the issue, and not necessarily just focusing on what are the symptoms, you know, and, and how do we manage with medications and then just add another medication when, you know, that one stops working or new symptoms arise. Yeah. And since you mentioned um, inflammation, uh, which I think that might be a new concept for a lot of people to really wrap their heads around, but what kind of anti-inflammatory strategies uh, help support both gut and blood sugar regulations? Yeah, for sure. So of course there's an anti-inflammatory diet. So there are foods that have been proven to reduce inflammation in the body. So that's like your healthy fats, your, you know, your omega threes and your omega sixes in the right ratios. Um, it's certainly fruits and vegetables that contain polyphenols and antioxidants. Um, you know, they're helping to get rid of free radicals that are circulating in the body. Um, so diet is certainly an important part of that. And so it, they all sort of are interconnected and play upon each other because when you're eating a healthy diet that's rich in things like soluble fiber or just fiber, let's just say fiber, um, and polyphenols. So polyphenols, for example, come from things like pomegranates, 
um, green tea, uh, grapes, you know, a lot of your, your red, um, fruits, we call them the reds, you know, a lot of supplement companies now have, uh, supplement products out called reds and greens. Um, so the reds are kind of what you would consider to be, uh, your polyphenols. So when you have a diet that's rich in fiber and polyphenols, you're actually supporting those strains. There are specific strains that are actually meant to do the job of metabolism. Um, so when you're supporting the strains, they're supporting you and they're supporting your metabolism. Since you mentioned polyphenols, I don't happen to have any uh, here currently, but um, I know that Pendulum actually has a polyphenol uh, product, which is fantastic and I have used in the past. Um, why don't you tell us quickly about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the research is really clear when it comes to um, uh, the novel strain that we manufacture, which happens to be Acromancia. Its full name is Acromancia mucinophila. It just means that it's a mucin-loving organism. Um, and so polyphenols, the research shows that uh, its energy source, Acromancia's energy source, happens to be polyphenols. So, um, you know, Acromancia is, it's a new strain in terms of the research, what we know about it, um, certainly avail its availability in supplement form, but it's not new to the human microbiome. It, it's been around for, you know, as long as we know. Um, it's supposed to be in a perfect world. It's passed on from mom to baby. It's found in the guts of breastfed infants. Um, you know, it kind of peaks when you're at your healthiest, um, you know, in the middle of your life. But then it's also been found, you know, people who are living to be a hundred and beyond um, are have, it's been shown that they actually have higher levels of acromancia. So uh, we can go into its function um, a little bit later, but uh, polyphenols are really important to support acromancia. It's a, it's kind of a sensitive, fickle strain. So if it doesn't have uh, its energy source, um, of course, then it, it goes missing. It just kind of does not hang around. It doesn't hang on. It's not very tolerant. <laughs> and yeah, that's the thing with uh, our gut microbiome. Um, I've heard a lot of people refer to it as like this ecosystem yeah. or like this beautiful wildflower garden that you have outside, you know, you want to have a wide diversity and too much of one thing may be okay for a little bit, but eventually it's not going to work as far as the ecosystem goes. And so I hope that people really kind of take that home that you want to have this wide diverse ecosystem and it includes acromancia. And of course you want your ecosystem to have a plentiful amount of food, including those polyphenols. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like our, our, our CEO, Colleen, always says uh, there are no good bugs or bad bugs necessarily. It's just um, it's all about balance. You know, you don't want um, a, a certain bug that we consider to be good. You know, too much of it can actually become a bad thing. So it really is just like a balanced ecosystem for sure. Yeah, they definitely need each other in tandem to, to survive. Yeah, do. there's a lot of we call it crosstalk. So, you know, uh, they're, they're just they're working off of each other, playing off of each other and then playing off of us as the host. Yeah, that's a, the, something I never thought about either until the last couple of years is that we are literally a host, not just to <laughs> yeah. our gut microbiome, but uh, a whole bunch of other areas as well. We are the host. And it's yes, like, how do we want to, what do we want to feed? Do we want to feed? And, and I know that people do refer to it as good bugs or bad bugs. Do you want to feed the good bugs or do you want to feed the bad bugs? You know, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there are organisms that, you know, when they become, uh, you know, in abundance uh, that they feed on things like refined sugars and carbohydrates, you know, so a lot of people think, well, I just don't have the willpower to resist my food cravings when it has nothing to do with your willpower and actually everything to do with your gut microbiome, you know, because your gut is actually speaking to your brain. There's a it's what's called the gut brain access. So along the vagus nerve, which you have two, one on each side, there's all this communication going on. And those bugs down there are literally telling your brain, we need refined sugars, we need carbohydrates, and we need them now. And we need a lot of them. Um, and so sometimes it, it's, it's the bugs that are driving and steering the ship. Um, so you replace those organisms uh, with more of these beneficial strains that uh, consume things like soluble fiber and polyphenols. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're finding yourself, we get these hilarious testimonials. People will say things like they write in and they say, I enjoyed eating a salad today. And they're just like blown away. Or, you know, I'm finding myself reaching for fruits and vegetables uh, as a snack. And that's not me. I don't even know who I am anymore. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And that would explain why uh, when you're not feeling well and you have a, you know, the cold, any kind of cold or virus, um, you always do crave carbs, that you pr crave those comfort foods. And it's because, literally because those bugs are hungry and they need to feed on those refined okay. sugars and processed carbohydrates. Can probiotics be part of somebody's strategy to help with insulin resistance? Because I know that, I know that we just talked about having a healthy gut does, but I don't know that people ever think about probiotics as being part of that regime or solution to a problem. Yeah, so it's really interesting. We um, uh, we studied our strains here at Pendulum um, specifically in the the space of metabolism. Um, so our glucose control product, it's a five strain formulation. Um, our study, it was a double blind randomized placebo controlled trial. So if, if you don't know, that's the gold standard for, um, doing a, a, a trial, um, or doing a study. So we enrolled type two diabetics. Um, they were already taking metformin, which is usually an intervention for people who have type two. Um, they came into our study with a, the average A1C, um, was around 8.4 to 8.5. So pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we enrolled them in the study, you know, we didn't want them to do, we didn't want them to make any changes to their diet or lifestyle. We just wanted them to either take the placebo, uh, our three strain formulation or our five strain formulation. And the five strain went on to become the glucose control product. And in that arm, after 90 days on the glucose control, those study participants noticed a 0.6 drop in their A1C, which is pretty significant because when you think about metformin and its ability to impact A1C, it's right around 0.7 to, it's a range, you know, 0.7 to, I think, 2.1. Um, so this is pretty close to that just after 90 days. Um, and it's not a drug. It's just a, a, a blend of, uh, probiotics. Um, and then we also looked at postprandial glucose spikes. So that's looking at what your blood sugars are doing, 
um, over a period of time after you've ingested a meal. So we gave them, a, a, you know, I think maybe a boost drink in some cases. And then we would look at their glucose spikes over a three-hour period of time. And what we saw was that it, by we were able to lower those glucose spikes by almost 33%, which is, it's huge. That's really, really significant. So there there is a significant role um, in terms of the organisms in your gut and how they play a role in your metabolism and uh, your you know level of insulin resistance. So uh, you have in this particular product, you have acromantia, which we kind of already talked about, um, and you have three butyrate producing strains. So the acromantia, just sort of to start there, it's again, its full name is acromantia mucinophila. It's working to fortify that gut barrier so that those opportunistic and pathogenic organisms are not sneaking into places where they shouldn't be. You're overall reducing the body's inflammation. And then these butyrate producing strains are really interesting. Um, and they, they do what they're called. So they're butyrate producers. Um, butyrate is a form of a short chain fatty acid, short chain fatty acids. I encourage your listeners to go and, you know, look up, do, do a little bit of research. There's a ton of it out there. The benefits of short chain fatty acids, because, uh, in terms of your colonic cell health, um, your, uh, uh, gut health, just overall reducing inflammation, epithelial cell health, short chain fatty acids have so many benefits. But in our study specifically, these, butyrate producing strains, uh, they ferment the soluble fiber that we consume. And that fermentation process results in a byproduct of short chain fatty acids, butyrate, acetate, propionate, just to name a few. Those short chain fatty acids actually bind to the GLP-1 hormone and switch it on. Um, so there is, you know, the, that that in our bodies, that is a, a natural pathway. Um, so, you know, when you're taking a GLP-1 drug, you're actually injecting the GLP-1 uh, uh, drug hormone directly into your bloodstream. And so you just have this really high level of GLP-1 all day, every day. Um, whereas when you're taking the strains or, you know, when the strains are just working naturally um, in your body, uh, you are getting a GLP-1 release, uh, you know, after you eat a meal. Like these, these organisms know what to do with the food. Um, and so that's how these patients really uh, saw these benefits um, from taking the glucose control product. They had better insulin sensitivity. Um, they were more satiated. They had uh, less food cravings um, because these GLP-1 pathways were working properly. Well, and one of the benefits also um, when you help, when you take a supplement and you change your diet and things like that is like you said, it's a natural thing that your body is going to do and create already. Um, unlike when you take medication, um, those are usually synthetics and those are man-made ingredients. So there can be definitely be, that's part of the reason why there's a lot of side effects when you take things like that is also, you know, it doesn't always work exactly how the body does. And it's always better to have your body do the work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you stop taking the GLP-1 drug, then what? You know, have you, have you really taught your body to do anything different? 
you haven't. Um, you know, you've just exposed it to really high levels of GLP-1, sort of tricked it into doing what you want it to do. And I think the body really responds better when you give it the tools to do the function that it needs to do, and then it will perform properly for you. Oh, definitely well said. Yes, 100%. Um, I, I know that people always like to have a number to things or have a goal in mind. So how long would you say it typically takes for probiotics to show an impact on gut health? I mean, I know what I kind of tell my clients, but what, what do you usually recommend or say? Yeah, so we know from our clinical study that, you know, 90 days, we know that in 90 days, uh, most people taking the glucose control product are going to see a shift in their A1C and their, their blood glucose spikes. Um, so we recommend a minimum of three months. You know, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it if you're not willing to give it a fair three months. Um, and so we just sort of go along those those guidelines for all of our uh, products, um, a minimum of three months. It, it, it You definitely will start to see results in that time period. Um, but certainly if you were to stay on them longer, uh, you know, you can continue to drop your A1C and continue to improve your gut health and your metabolic health. Yeah, that's usually what I try to impress upon my clients too. One, um, because I think you have to just give your body time. Mm -hmm. And especially if you are making changes, your body does need time to heal. It literally cannot change overnight, <laughs> especially it's, it's taken a while for you to get to wherever point you're at now. So give your body some grace and, and it needs a little bit of time. So I think three months is a good starting point. And like you said, usually people definitely see changes um, and, and are able to notice things when they, when they stick with the three months. Yeah. Uh, another reason why I always suggest three months too is well, and again, especially if people are making diet and lifestyle changes as well, is a lot of times when I see my clients, they're going through a lot of other health conditions. And so I try to, at least for three months, get them off of gluten. And so sometimes it can take like three months for gluten to leave your system. So when you have that, leave your system, and then you have already been working on your gut health as well, which re removing gluten from your body will definitely help your gut health. <laughs> um, you know, that those two things coupled together, I think I like to tell the clients, I think they're going to see dramatic changes. Yes, absolutely. You know, and especially if uh, you're wearing something fun like a CGM, then you can really see uh, results and changes in your in your glucose spikes. Yeah, I actually have a link, which I got that today to the devil blind uh, trial. So I'll put that in the yeah. show notes for people to click on and look if they want to get all nerdy and read a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah it's fun read. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that we have talked uh, just a little bit about this before, um, again, on Instagram Live um, also, but people are a lot of times concerned um, with the viability from it getting from point A to point B where it's supposed to be. Um, and I can't, we, I know you can't speak for other companies, but I know you can speak for how Pendulum works and a little bit about to how Pendulum's product can get to the, the area of the gut that it's supposed to be in and stay intact. So is there something that you could kind of reassure our listeners about that? Yeah, absolutely. So our strains, especially Acromantia in particular, um, you know, the, the part of the challenge and part of the reason why there hasn't been anything 
new in terms of new strains being brought to the marketplace um, in something like, you know, it's been 50 years since there's been a new strain um, is partly because a lot of these strains, a lot of these beneficial strains live in the colon um, and there is no oxygen in your colon. So these are strict anaerobic bacteria. Um, so that presents a unique challenge, uh, which we have overcome. Uh, we initially, you know, when we, we sort of grew the strains in our lab, which by the way, uh, the strains were isolated from a healthy human donor. Um, and then we've been, people always ask, well, how did you get your acromancy? And, you know, where does it come from? How are you growing these strains? So the strains were isolated from a healthy human donor. Uh, and then, Again, so these are anaerobic bacteria. They cannot be in the presence of oxygen. Um, so the strains are manufactured in a closed chain system. So there's literally no oxygen in our manufacturing facility. Um, initially, we were, you know, growing the strains up and then we would send them off to others uh, to manufacture for us and they were coming back dead. Um, so now we do all of our own manufacturing um, they are, however, third-party tested, so uh, for viability and safety and all that good stuff. So it's not like we're just over here in the lab, you know, creating, manufacturing the strains and like nobody can see what we're doing. Um, they are third-party tested. So uh, they are, again, grown in our lab uh, and manufactured in our lab. No oxygen is present. Um, there's actually oxygen sensors for the humans in some areas to let them know when oxygen levels are getting too low and <laughs> it's not safe. It's crazy. Um, so the uh, acromancia then, once it's produced and manufactured, it's freeze-dried so that it can be encapsulated. So it's kind of in a, uh, in a sleep or you know a dormant state. Um, and the capsules are acid resistant capsules. And that's the other reason why we recommend taking the probiotics with food, because it's actually the food bolus along with the acid resistant capsule that is protecting uh, the strains so that they end up in the colon because that's where they're doing their job. That's where they're doing their functions. So um, it's actually the churning and the grinding of the small intestines that's breaking open um, the capsule so that the organisms will, you know, end up down in the colon. So yeah, so that's a, a long story, a long version of, of how we get it there. But it's a pretty complicated process. Um, you know, in Pendulum, like I said, we're, we're developing and manufacturing and innovating these novel strains. And we're not stopping with Acromancia. We have uh, another really amazing strain uh, on the horizon that hopefully will launch in 2025, so next year. That's great. Yeah. Well, I know that um, one of the things that I like about glucose control, um, and I, not all probiotics have this, um, some do, um, and glucose control is one of them, but it has a prebiotic as well. Yes. Yeah, so it has a little bit of inulin, um, so it's chicory root fiber, um, and that's there to support the strains um, and give them, you know, what they need, give them some of that, that uh, prebiotic fiber. Yeah, I try to tell my clients as well, uh, well, I try to get them to increase their fiber intake anyways, because a lot of times when you sit down with them, they're not really getting as much fiber as they think they are, mm -hmm. and they're definitely not getting healthy fibers. And so I try to um, 
figure out what kind of fibers they want to eat and that they'd like to eat. Um, and, but having a prebiotic in the probiotic is uh, a little bit nicer, I think anyways, just yeah. to help them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are some patients, um, like patients that are, are dealing with small bowel bacterial overgrowth, um, that tend to be a little bit sensitive to just fiber in general, um, and have, uh, reported sensitivity to the inulin, uh, that's in some of our products. So it just brings up another kind of interesting point that, you know, when there is, uh, intestinal permeability, um, there can be food intolerances that are really not supposed to be there. You know, we should be just fine dealing with, um, soluble and insoluble fiber. Um, and so when those, uh, you know, when those intolerances are present, then that just tells me like straight away, there's a, a, a leaky gut situation going on that, that needs to be repaired, um, so that those fibers can then be tolerated. There was a, an online resource that I recently saw that, um, had mentioned that, well, actually there's a couple of them that I recently looked at and they all had mentioned how there's no cure for diabetes. And that was another thing I was a little disheartened by as well, because I, I don't want people to ever not have hope, first of all. And I think when you're told a story like that, that automatically puts you in a place where your sympathetic nervous system is fighting with your parasympathetic nervous system, which then can also create stress, uh, which then can also irritate your gut lining as well as your gut and your overall health. And um, I know that personally, we reversed my husband's diabetes, so it can definitely be done. Um, and, but again, it takes a lot of work. You know, it took a lot of work on, on my part and his part as well. I mean, that's crazy for people to think that they can't reverse type two. It's totally, it's, it's caused by in environmental factors. You know, of course your genetics plays a role, but uh, your diet, your lifestyle, like so many of those things just bring it on, you know, yeah. it can totally be prevented and it can totally be reversed. Well, I did happen to come across another diabetes. It was a diabetes education website that they literally told people that sunflower oil, soy, canola, and peanut oil are the good fats. And they highly suggested that people eat those. And they said that coconut oil and butter and meat are bad. <laughs> and so that too, I was a little disheartened as well, because um, I know that when you have diabetes and you eat good fats, which coconut oil is, could, can be a good fat, especially if it's unrefined. Absolutely. Um, that will help open up the cells so that insulin and the glucose can get in there like it's supposed to, uh, rather than floating in your bloodstream. So... I was very disheartened when I was reading some of those things that these trusted places and websites that people go to get this information. And, and again, nowhere on there was mentioned anything about probiotics or um, how you can possibly repair or ask your practitioner about your gut health uh, or, you know, are you exercising? There was nothing literally on this website about exercise or movement or going out for a walk for five minutes after you've eaten or 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th those are all of the oils that I actually look for to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I won't buy a product, um, you know, or at least try not to that has uh, those ingredients or has those oils. 
Um, so yeah, you, I mean, you really have to be your own advocate and it's unfortunate because you really have to do your own research um, and you have to find, uh, you know, a doctor that is willing to work with you on the changes that you'd like to see. You know, if I don't, I just don't think that um, the route of taking medication is what's right for everyone. You know, I think if you're willing to to try to heal yourself, I think that you absolutely can to some degree. I I completely agree. And especially if you, you're definitely not going to be worse off than you are currently, you know, and you're only going to improve your health um, one way or the other. You know, exactly. with every little step, uh, forward progress is still progress. You know, even if you mishap or misstep one day, um, you can't beat yourself up over that. And and it's, that's one of the things I try to impress upon my clients as well is nobody ever tests their blood sugars after they eat a meal. And so that I think can be very eye opening is if something is serving your body or if it's harming your body. Um, you know, if you have a meal and it spikes to 230, let's say, um, you know, if you did that once, that's fine. But if you do that meal after meal after meal, that's going to tax and put a lot of stress on your body. And then also those blood sugars are still floating around in your body and you definitely don't want that. Yes, absolutely. And different foods affect people in different ways. Um, that's why I think that, you know, I mean, you can do as something something as simple as you know a finger prick and and testing your your blood glucose levels. You can get those at Walgreens. Um, but you know, if you are super into it and you want to get really nerdy, like wearing a CGM is really cool. Like I loved seeing, um, you know, what different foods did to my blood sugar. Yeah, or think people thinking that just skipping a meal is going to be okay and. Sometimes I think that you have to get your body a little healthy before you can do intermittent fasting. I think depending on your health conditions, intermittent fasting can be very beneficial. But for some clients, um, yeah, I don't always think that's a good idea. I definitely want them to talk with a few other practitioners before they just decide to skip meals. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, you know, your fasting glucose and your fasting insulin can be a very telling tale as to how your body is performing. And so, like you said, having a, a CGM can be very informative or like uh, we don't have a CGM. We just do the good old fashioned finger prick. And like you said, yeah. you, just, you can get, literally get it on Amazon and have it in a day, yes. you know, if you don't want to go to Walgreens or Walmart. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it just gives you, it gives you so much information. Well, hopefully people have a good idea about at least a couple things that they can maybe do for healing their gut or questions they can ask their current healthcare provider um, just to get some additional ideas or start Googling some things. Uh, although Google can be great, it also has a lot of bad information out there as well. So, <laughs> But I will definitely put a link to um, that double-blind placebo trial um, in the show notes for people to reference as well. I know that Pendulum has, you can get Pendulum products um, both on full script as well as on your website. So I'll pull a link to each of those in the show notes as well. Yeah. And I know that Pendulum just came out with a professional line that you can only get on full script. Um, so that's another reason why I'll put um, my link in the show notes for people to look at as well. Um, why don't you tell us about uh, the glucose control that's in the professional line that you can only get on full script. 
Yes. So, and that professional line is actually exclusively for providers. So unless you're a credentialed provider, um, you'll need a recommendation um, or a script from Fullscript to, to access those products. So the glucose control in the pro line is actually the same product that we're selling on our website. The only difference is um, what's called a desiccant lined bottle. So basically, uh, moisture is the enemy of these strains. So uh, you'll notice, you know, when you get your pendulum probiotics and like the amber bottle there, there's a desiccant um, packet in there to keep moisture out. Uh, but it kind of goes down in the middle of the bottle. So the the capsules that are closer to it are being better preserved than the ones on the outside. Um, you know, you should just consume your product within, you know, 30 to a month and a half, uh, and you're not going to have any issues. Um, the, the current packaging is definitely sufficient. The desiccant lined bottle is just a superior bottling technology because the entire outside of the bottle is keeping the moisture away from the capsules. Um, so, you know, all of our products meet the label claim um, up until the expiration date that's printed on the bottle. Um, but with these pro products, uh, it, like for the glucose control, for example, in the desiccant lined bottle, um, it's just preserving the viability and maintaining the freshness just all that much more. Which is probably going to be a little helpful because if people are like me, I'd buy a couple months at a time. So I like to have it ready. So I always have some in the fridge or. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, providers are purchasing it and uh, stocking it for their patients. So it's important that, you know, the viability is at maximum capacity. Well, th thank you again so much for being on today, Christina. I really do appreciate you taking your time tonight to nice. be with us and talk to us about diabetes and why it's important to have good gut health uh, to help your diabetes. Yes, it's my pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk with you. If you are looking for a trustworthy place to choose all of your supplements, Fullscript has 285 different brands to choose from. They did the work for you to check quality standards for all the supplements they carry. These standards are important because they help to ensure a product is safe, effective, and accurately labeled. Fullscript uses third-party companies to provide unbiased assurance that certain quality criteria are met when they add a company or product to their inventory. When you set up an account with Fullscript, use my link and you'll always get 15% off your supplements. If you want to continue learning and hearing all things nutrition for your mind, body, and spirit, click like, subscribe, or favorite me on whatever podcast platform you use. Or you can find me at ForgivenNutritionist.com. This podcast was designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your health and wellness goals with your current healthcare provider. It is not meant to diagnose or treat any illness or medical condition or take the place of any treatments from your current healthcare providers.